Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, and you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 173 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday, hump day Wednesday, almost there, folks, halfway. How's everybody? Guys, I, I gotta say, it's, uh, it's zero today. That's just plus one. I had to go shovel my deck. I'd, been, I'd kind of been putting it off and putting it off, but I wanted to get the snow off of it. Could you believe? Minus 30 yesterday, and it's plus one today, only in Saskatchewan. I, was, I thought I was, well, I was out there, I might air raid the lawn, too. <laughs> no, crazy times. Um... No, it was a nice little reprieve. We've had like crazy minus 40 weather for the last two weeks. So it was nice to, uh, to, to kind of get that, uh, you know, that zero, some sunshine and some warmth, uh, warmth for a day or two. Um, yeah, guys, well, you're stuck with old Darren again. I know this is about what, about months in a row here. Um, I had a guest lined up for today. Uh, but then fortunately they had to cancel. Although I will say they, I'm not, you know, they let me know last night, so I appreciated that. We've rescheduled for Friday, so hopefully we can get that done. I'll have something for you next week. Um, yeah. So I kind of really, I didn't have anything prepared. I mean, I have my emails of lists that I have been sent, so I have a list for, I always enjoy doing the lists. I mean, I guess they might be played out by now. I guess it's a, you know, I'm becoming the list guy. That's my shtick now, I guess. I don't know, but I don't know. I kind of enjoy them, though. I, you know, I mean, I would read them. If someone had just sent them to me anyway, without doing the show, I would just get a kick out of doing the list. So, and like I said, I'm discovering them with you guys. I don't click on the links when I get sent them. So, uh, when I, like I would say, when I open them up and we're, I'm doing the show, that's when I see them for the first time too. So 
I don't know. I just kind of enjoy them. And I guess I haven't gotten any feedback saying to stop do them, stop doing them. I have received some feedback though that I'm going to talk about, but uh, um, no. But today's list it's going to be uh, it's it's uh, the most feared fighters from each decade. So that'll be interesting. So we're going to go way back here. So we could be throwing some names out here that you know we'll see. But uh, we're going to do that. Um, oh, the hockey is life, bro. That guy. We're going to talk about that guy. Um, just complaining about hockey in general, uh, the the irony of it. Um, I'll talk about that. And uh, the UK folks, the UK listeners out there, um, I have a top ten for you guys that I want you to participate in. I want my UK viewers or my viewers, my UK listeners. Uh, we're going to do some interaction here for the show, much like I did on the Facebook group with the top ten. You know, fighters. I want to get a, a UK top ten. There's been a lot of great. Um, I don't know if, if if any of you guys out there haven't don't follow the UK. I mean, the UK folks obviously know, but uh, for my North American listeners that uh, don't follow the UK scene or whatever, um, yeah, they've had some real bad dudes rolling over there. I mean, uh, Mike McWilliam, uh, Nickerson, Zach Fitzgerald, uh, McGrath and Jansons, Craighead, Andre Payette. Um, you know, Aunt Brad Voth, on and on, Jason Rushton, Paxton Schulte, Mike Ware, um, yeah, Rob Trumbly. Oh, I mean, I can just keep throwing names out, but you get the point. But yeah, lots of tough guys that have gone over there. Um, and I want to get the the top ten according to the to the UK fans. So I talked to my old boy Searson over there, got the skinny, and I said, okay, well, what's a big, I know, because he always talks about a board, he always posts my stuff on a board. So I said, well, what is this board, this message board, I want the big UK message board, because that's where I'm going to go post my my email address, and I want them to send it to me. So I got that, so I will be doing that, I don't know when I'm going to, um, what episode exactly that I will uh, I'll do my findings, but um you know, I'll give it a week or two of putting that out there, and uh, I mean, and everybody can vote. I mean, it, I mean, you can be a North American guy and follow the the UK. I'm not saying oh, you have to be a uh, you know, you got to live in you know, Nottingham to vote or anything. Um, no, everybody can vote, but I'm gonna, oh, you know, I'm gonna throw it all on, on all the fight groups. But I wanted to get a UK board as well, so uh, we'll be doing that in the future. Um, but um, well, before I get into all of this stuff, uh, obviously I'll talk about the sponsors. Uh, member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. And those guys are constantly going and rolling. So check that out for my off-network friends. Of course, you got part-time only down there in uh, in Florida. Uh, Five for Fighting Podcast. Uh, just released an episode today. A tremendous rant episode, by the way. Quick and dirty. 30 minutes in and out. But uh, yeah, he wasn't afraid to take the piss out of a few people. Um, again, the, uh, the online world, uh, catching up and becoming very frustrating. Uh, and like I said, I, I, I built, uh, over a hundred episodes on such things. Um, but it, it, it really is, um, I completely under, obviously I completely understand where Alec is coming from and the frustration he is feeling. Um, I will get into that, um, cause I had my own little, <clears throat> run-ins and um uh i know it was a f- i've and i've got it's a perception of my show or i don't know well i'll get into that i'll get into that but um but no alec he just uh, released an episode today um i know he's trying to secure a get he had a guest but again with the covid and everything um this guy had to reschedule as well so we're, alec and i were both sort of like oh shit what are we going to talk about um, so, uh, but Alec just released that. Um, and of course, uh, but yeah, but again, uh, not only listen to these episodes, but, um, Alec just, re- uh, has a YouTube channel as well. He started up a little while ago. East Coast Hockey League fights. Can't say that too loud though. Cause in, in all honesty, there's, there's some clowns in the East Coast League front office that love to copyright your shit. So, uh, they're the only league that NHL doesn't even do that shit. So who knows? I have no idea what they're doing. So. We'll kind of keep that on the down low, but check out the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. Trying to get him to a thousand subscribers. At least we can monetize. He can monetize some shit and make some money on this deal. So uh, let's get him there. 
but uh, so subscribe to the channel. Um, but yeah, but in the meantime, as far as his podcast goes, again, tremendous back catalog. I, I hate giving him credit, but I will. I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, but uh, Sigroy, Bailoas, Rob Ray, tremendous. Check it out. Alec, Five for Fighting podcast. Then, of course, we got Broadway Joe Lazito. Give it Lazito! Out there at Madison Square Garden, the world-famous Madison Square Gardens in the heart of New York City. Um, he is, uh, if you need tickets to Cats on Ice or Rent on Ice or Nutcracker Sweet or what have you, Jolt and Joe's your hookup. Get down to the box office, ask for Lazito. Stri- tell him you heard it here on the fourth line voice, you know, that, uh, that he's your hookup. I don't know if that'll play out, but, uh, but Jolton Joe has a Coliseum Chronicle podcast. It is uh, a New York Islander enforcer based podcast. Again, tremendous back catalog Fakoda, Trevor Gillies, Asham, Bolton, on and on. Uh, Joe has been very busy, obviously, through the holiday season. Well, you can imagine how busy Madison Square Garden is in New York. So Joe's been doing a lot of, uh, picking up a lot of shifts. So of course the podcast, um, obviously takes a back seat to life. And, uh, I know it, uh, it's been a while for an episode, but I know he's got one coming. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're all out here battling, right? With work and everything else. It's, uh, you gotta find time. You gotta squeeze this stuff in sometimes. So, um, but yeah, Joe's doing the bit. Joe will be back. He hasn't, uh, he hasn't retired or anything. I mean, uh, like I said, some people have told him, given him some advice, told him to take two weeks off then quit. But, uh, no, I think Joe, Joe will be back stronger than ever, but, uh, he's, he's a busier, he's a busy dude right now. But uh, definitely give his show a listen. Coliseum Chronicles in the penalty box. Broadway Joe Lazito. Give it a Lazito. All right, guys. Um, well, like I said, um, <clears throat> I will. I always say I'm not going to talk long today. And then an hour and ten minutes, we're all still here. Um, but I really won't because, like I said, it's about uh, it is nine fifteen already Tuesday night, and uh, so I will not go very long. But um, uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, and it, and it, uh, and I've had a few people say it to me over the last little while, and I never kind of, you know, whatever. Some of them were just like trolls online, so you know, who gives a shit? But it's just like, but it was a few times I had people that like were, I know that were long time like followers, and I know have listened to my show, and were followers on Twitter for a long time. Um, and I, it, it, it's an odd sort of, I don't know how, I guess that's just the way of the world now. But, um, like I've always said, I've never lied to you guys. I've always been very straightforward. I'm not playing the gimmick here. Um, well, I'm not angry. I, like some people go, oh yeah, I love your rant. It was, you're always, you're really angry all the time. Well, I'm not angry. I mean, I've come across, well, okay. I get frustrated with idiots online, but I mean, it's not like I lie awake at night. They don't bother me that much, but for the sake of this show and for the discuss the discussion of hockey yes they they bother me greatly but uh, my outside life my away from the microphone life no they do not but i don't dwell on them all day or anything um so everybody has this like oh this persona that i'm like the angry guy and i yell at people all the time and stuff like no i don't um i'm actually very mellow i don't know some people find that hard to believe but i am i don't get worked up about anything to be completely honest not very often but, um, anyway, for the, for the show, um, I, I guess it was, um, like when I talk about like not watching hockey or whatever, that's not shtick. Like it's not some gimmick I'm playing or just this, what do you mean? Like I don't watch hockey. It, I have, I don't actively seek it out on my TV. It hasn't been on my TV in over 10 years. I don't sit by myself at home in the basement here with the game on. Now, when I go and visit people or if I'm at the farm, the in-laws or at the old man's place and stuff, if it's on, I don't go running out of the room. We'll sit there, but I'm not paying attention to it. It's on. It's white noise in the background. You might, oh, there's a fight. Oh, look at this hit for a second. Or look at the penalty. Oh, look at that horse shit that they're calling or whatever. But then you go on with things. So this is going somewhere. But when I say I don't watch hockey, I don't. I find it atrocious how anyone could watch this i don't understand if you're an older fan new age like i always say with the younger fans they don't know any different they grew up with this this is their nhl this is like me in 1985 watching the oilers that was my only frame of reference was that because that's the hockey i grew up with 
right, at the time. Well, it's the same thing now with people that are, whatever, 15 or 20. This is the hockey they grew up with. So I'm not knocking them, but they don't know any different. So my always, what I say is the people that are my age that somehow still watch this shit, I I have no understanding how you still can. But whatever, teach their own. I really don't, I don't care that you do. I just don't understand it. Again, this is getting, this is going somewhere. And I've, I've said this from day one since I've been on here that I think hockey sucks. Well, so I get this. So then these people start, the hockey, the hockey is life, man. What do you mean? It's the best sport in the world. Oh, okay. Whatever. You say so. Well, well, no, yeah, great. Their athletes are, they're way better now than when you watched. Again, I never said they weren't. That's also called evolution. I would like to think they're, the athletes today are better than the ones 40 years ago. They, you know, they have some advantages. You not know how that works? Really? Again, I've never said they're not. So, see, this is the thing. And I, I was going to say, as, as this has gone on, I've, we all grew up, we all know who Jim Rome is or Skip Bayless or these talking heads on sports. We've all seen these idiots. This has become the norm, I guess, in society. I, as I tweeted out today, it's a shame how as a society we've normalized idiocy. We really have on a number of fronts, but we'll stick it to sports for now. Um, like, does no one see the irony of some bozo that never played a sport shit-talking an elite-level athlete? This is what I don't understand, but we just accept this now. No one calls these guys on it, apparently. Am I, like, the only one? I'm just talking in general in podcast land here. Am I the only one? Like, if Stevie Dangle is going on about how shitty the Leafs are, is no one finding the idiocy in this? Who the fuck is this guy? What credibility does he have? What credibility does Skip Bayless have or a Jim Rome? None. But yet we listen to these pinheads. I don't understand. Who would listen to this idiot and take him seriously? But they have a band of mental midgets that will listen to them. I don't understand it. I never will understand that. Now, but then when like a PJ Stock or Kevin BX says something, okay, whatever, but he was like, goon. Well, he also made millions of dollars playing a pro sport. But you're going to quote me what... Dennis at uh, Canucks uh, fan.ca said, Oh, yeah, but BX as an idiot. Uh, all right. Like, this is where we're at. Now, I'm not saying you have to agree with them. Or, like, same thing with Don Cherry. Do you agree? No, I don't agree with everything Don Cherry has ever said. But I'm not going to call him an idiot. But may, uh, these other idiots, these people online do. And like I said, but then they'll quote me Jeff Merrick or something. Really? So you'll listen to him because he's credible. But I'm not knocking it. I'm just using him as an example. Or, but Don Cherry's a moron. Oh, okay. This is where, this is, again, the idiocy of society. But it's the loudest voice is who they pay attention to. And if they if they have a good patter and good shtick and they're they're funny, man, they make it fun. I mean, it, you have to you have to keep the lights flashing for the ADHD crowd. Short bursts, say your shit quick and get in. No, maybe that's why I'll never I'll never grow, man. My show isn't for the attention deficit. I talk too much. But no, seriously. But I mean, it's just we just listen to stupid. And accept it. But I guess it's because I, I guess they talk like the people listening, it's them and their buddies on the couch yelling, You make thirty million and you can't catch it. They're that guy they're that guy, but now they just have a microphone and they're on a network. And they just no no <laughs> no he's shitty too. Yeah, oh I can't believe we took him dumpster fire. Oh yeah. See that's so I guess and I mean, okay, if you don't complain I guess you don't have a show. Alright, I get it. Um but I mean, I, I've complained. I've made 173 episodes complaining. I've never shit on an athlete. I've shit on actions they've done or not done. 
but I've never called an athlete a piece of shit and he sucks at hockey. I challenge anybody to go back and find a soundbite where I say that or a tweet where I write that. You won't. I'll save you the time. You won't. Because I know we all played sports growing up. I know how hard it is. So I would never disrespect an elite level athlete like that. I wish many others would have done the same. But it's like, again, oh, it's just a showman. It's entertainment. Yeah, I get it. But I don't understand how these people can do that. How do you look yourself in the mirror after doing that? I was going to say, when I started on the network, like I said, I, it's a, I had a unique show because no one else was talking about fighting. So I was kind of on an island. I, or I was. There was no one else doing what I was doing. There might be a show that had a tough guy on now and again as a guest or whatever. But in terms of actual just talking, fighting, and hockey, I was the only one. I mean, there's Joe and Alec now. But the three of us are on an island. And at the time, I was by myself. So I had no frame of reference or who else was doing this that I could kind of listen to. So I just would listen to other shows. Like I said, I'm in the truck. I'm listening to other podcasts. And I would listen to the introduction and the start, how they started off their show and their presentation. Then I would fast forward it to the middle. I'd listen to some of the meat of the matter. And that was it. And I would, and I never listened to all these shows. One, I couldn't believe how much... And again, I'm not saying that my show is great or whatever, because I've had, I'm getting to that, but I've had people like your show shit and whatever. I get it. Different float, different strokes for different folks. Um, and that's fine. Um, but I guess when I say I listened to the show and it sucked, it sucked in the fact that either one, there was a couple couch jockeys sitting there talking about how this guy is a piece of shit and can't skate. Uh, okay. Or two, or two, they were just like, they're just misinformed or they have no, uh, they, they have no research or whatever. I don't know who that is or what, like they, they obviously are just, oh, I'm going to say winging it. Oh, the irony is not lost on me. Um, but you know what I mean? Just really, they have no knowledge to draw from. So, but they didn't put any effort into it. It's just slap shit on the wall and see what sticks. <clears throat> and some of these shows were really popular. And I'm like, who would listen to these jerk-offs? Like, I don't get it. And it wasn't because they were saying shit that I disagreed with or they were doing a Detroit Red Wings show or something and it was, you know, hockey sucks now, why are you doing that show? That's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. I don't give a shit. That's fine. There's a million shows. I get it. The talk, Obviously, the network's full of them. I'm not saying don't listen to them because current hockey sucks and no one should listen to that. Again... When I say that, that's not what I, when I say I don't like the current product and stuff, I'm not telling anyone else not to watch it or listen to these shows or what have you. I'm not, where did you get that out of what I just said? But my point is, I would go and I would listen to these shows and I was kind of just seeing what was out there and trying to, you know, yeah, maybe steal an idea or two. Um, or at least, okay, don't do that was another one. Um, I mean, you know, and I, and then I kind of patterned my own little deal. Um, but I was just like, I'd listened to some of these guys and I was just like, how can you honestly just hit save and put that out there for people and like not have any fucking hint of self-awareness or shame? Like, I don't get it. How can you talk about people like that when you have no credibility? Like, I don't. I guess it was just the way I was brought up, I guess. I just, I don't understand how people can do that. I mean, I know that there's millions that do. And like I said, there's guys that have made millions of dollars from doing it. Because like I said, we've normalized idiocy. And like, am I looking around like, am I the only one getting this? Like, how am I really? And then when you say something about it, then all the minions come after you. And it's like, well, like I've had the little Stevie Dangle nut huggers all over me. Like I said, the lollipop guild is strong, you know, and some of these other vloggers and podcasters and stuff that just talk stupid. And then you call them on it and then all their little minions come after you. And it's like, but they're all the same. Like I said, the hashtag crew, you know, not one of them, like I said, no shit from apple butter about what's going on. But they're the idiots all sitting in the basement couch, nodding and agreeing with it, with each other. I don't know. I just kind of, <clears throat> when I get lumped into that group, it annoys me. And I have been a few times. Oh, look at you. What are you, some sort of expert? No. 
I'm far from an expert. Never claimed to be. So, no, I'm just impartial, which is another thing. I'm not a fanboy. I'm just impartial on all this. So I can, you know, I can see the trees and I can see the forest. So, uh, I guess I just want to tell you guys, like, no, when I say something on here, I mean it. Or I wouldn't say it. I mean what I say. I don't, I've never lied to you. And I've always just, I, I respect the athletes. And I guess that puts me in the minority, I suppose. But I had a guy get a hold of me and he said, well, I was listening to one of your shows and you say you don't like hockey. Is this true? And I was like, yeah, no, I think today's hockey sucks. It's, I find it's boring and soft as baby shit. And his reply was, well, I disagree. That was all he put. I'm like, okay. Well, I never told you to stop watching it. I just said, I find nothing redeeming about it. But I thanked him for listening to my show. And he goes, well, just so you know, it was a one-off. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. You know, I, I I guess I don't know why you felt the need to, you had to, to say, um, you know, I, I guess he felt the need that I, I just need to know that you're never going to listen again. All right, I guess. It was kind of odd. But you're not the first and you won't be the last. I can guarantee that I'll say I'm never listening to your show again. That's fine. Um, but yeah, he just couldn't wrap his head around. Oh, I'm not telling you not to watch it. I've never told anyone to not watch hockey. I simply said anybody that grew up or is the same age as I am, I don't know how they, I don't know. I just asked the question out loud. I don't know how you can, how anybody can watch this now after growing up in the eighties and nineties and think it's just as good. I, I don't understand that, but I mean, whatever you have your reasons, I don't care. But I was just sort of, like I said, speaking out loud, I don't get it. But, and like I said, in the younger generation doesn't know any different. This is what they grew up with. So this is their hockey. Okay. Whatever. Again, I'm not telling anybody not to do something. I don't care if you do or not. But it's just interesting. That, like also, and I've had this before. These guys just, ch- what do you mean? I don't get it. You just, they just chastise you for not watching. But now, so somehow the guy says, well, you shouldn't have a show. Well, now all of a sudden, well, you realize that like, um, you don't have to listen to my show. Like, it's like all these people with about Don Cherry. I can't believe he's on my television. Well, he doesn't need to be. You can change the channel. It's called a remote. It's really cool. You don't even have to get up anymore to change the channel. Or mute. Same thing with my show. Are you being forced to listen to this? But somehow I can't have a show because I don't agree that hockey isn't the greatest game on earth. Oh, okay. That, that, you know, that that's, not, that's a real sane judgment you have there. So, yeah, because I don't like hockey... I shouldn't have a show. That was a direct quote. Okay. The Hockey Podcast... No, that was... A, the Hockey Podcast Network should not have you on their network if you don't watch hockey. Well, my show has nothing to do with current hockey, so do I need to watch it for? But you don't even like the game, bro. The fact that you're, they have you on that network is sad. Oh, okay. Well, take it up with Isha and them, then. You know, if that's your big... Or you can just not listen to my show. It's, you know, whatever. This is where we got the Hockey for Life group. It's just, who gives a shit? What do you care? But, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know where I'm going with any of this. I'm just sort of rambling. Like I said, I'm 25 minutes in. I'm not really, I'm not really sure what I'm rambling about. But, um, I guess, I've always said, I I just, well, I guess a bunch of the shows I've listened to, I can say one thing for sure. I'm the only one that's real. And not full of shit. Or not or not uh, misguided by my fan my fandom. I have no dog in the fight, so you're gonna get a, from my opinion, at least uh, an unbiased opinion. That's all I can offer you is my unbiased opinion. And it always will be. I will make that prom I've made that I will make that promise to all the listeners right now. That from the remainder of my show and from my tweets and everything else and my Facebook group posts and blah, 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 that you are getting an unbiased opinion. Because, 
yeah, I don't, I don't, I have no other way of looking at things. I don't understand. I don't, I've often said, I don't understand fandom. I don't get it. Um, like, I mean, I get go team and I want, I want the Canucks to win. I get it. But this idea that you can't see past the Canucks colors and everybody else sucks and fuck them if they play blah, blah, blah. You know, if they leave the team, if they leave us, fuck them. Yeah, I don't. Or you can hate a player so much, but as soon as he gets traded, you're at the team store the next day buying his jersey. I don't understand it. I'll never understand that. And to me, that's a very, it's a very dangerous way to present things too. But I also understand that other fans want to listen to fans. I get, I get it. I get it. I, in terms of why it happens, I I could never do it, but I understand. So anyway, um, but when I read on social media. All these people, daily, they get mad at the, oh, the NHL's a joke. Worst run league in the world. Batman has got to go. The old boys club's got to go. I've never seen a league so toxic. Blah, 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 blah. But you know what? You watch it every night. See, this is where I lose a lot of respect for these people. If you're going to rant and rave and bitch and complain then stop supporting it. You're part of the problem by supporting it. See, that's the thing. So what you're, all you're doing online is whining. That's it. I said, at least that's the one thing. At least I'm real. When I say it sucks and whatever, I don't watch it. I don't give the NHL my money. But yet, there you are with the center ice package, going to games. I'm not going to say who, and it's a follower on Twitter. Well, rants and raves constantly about how shitty the league is, how shitty player safety is, how shitty it all is. It's the most worst-run league in the world. This league's a joke. Don't even know why I watched it. Blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, though, there's the, there's the t- oh, Winter Classic. Here we come. Oh, yeah, you sure showed them. Again, go. I don't care. But then don't get on social media, like I said, and bitch and cry and moan about how bad it is. And I can't believe I support it. Well, I can't believe you support it either with all your whining. It's all you're doing is whining. And you're part of the problem. At least be fucking consistent in your outrage. Your, your words aren't, aren't, your actions and your words are opposite. And like I said, I don't care, but it just, I don't know, just, again, I've, I've been, a, I, I hate when I get lumped in with these people, because it's like, well, no, I, what I'm, I'm telling you the truth, and I'm sticking to what I'm saying. So, I don't know what to tell you, like, it's just. I don't know. You're either part of the problem or you're not. But you look like hypocrisy is unbelievable. But I don't know. I just wanted to. I got lumped in with that, I guess, the other day from a couple people. I was talking to this guy and it was just like, and it, it just fucking irritated me. Because I've, I've done my best to try to separate from that world. But I guess they just sort of lump you in. Like I said, I guess it's just a generalization now that with whether it be podcasters or whatever, I've been called a journalist before, which was amusing, but whatever. A journalist or what have you. A talking, I guess to talk, I'm a talking head. And I guess I am because this is what I'm doing right now. So, and I'm broadcasting it. So, okay, I get it. But I guess, I don't know. I just, I, I was irritated getting put in that group. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it, whatever, but it was just, I don't know. I sometimes think you, you, you talk into the abyss here and people, they, you know, they listen, but they don't hear. And it's like, no, I've always, like I said, I've, I've always tried, I've always been unbiased and I will maintain that until the day I stop doing this. And I don't know, I just, it bugs me. That shit bugs me. And it's the same thing that Alec was going on about today. Like the fandom. These people that can't get out of their own fandom and shit. 
irritate the shit out of me. Anyway, let's get on with this. I, I have no idea what that all was about, what I was just rambling about there for a half an hour. Um, I'm sorry, guys. Like I said, it's kind of getting late. It's been a long day. And uh, like I said, I thought I had a guest and whatever. But um, that was also that sort of situation came up but I just kind of wanted to talk about it and let you, you know, I guess it was sort of an airing of, it's a therapy, an online therapy session, I guess, tonight, so I apologize. Um, I wonder actually in this last little while, these last few, I wonder how many, like, I wonder how many listeners I'm losing. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. The numbers have kind of been up and down, so I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, gotta get gotta get back gotta get back here in the, in the, into the interview game here a little bit or something because this is uh, we can't keep going on with the therapy sessions. But no, it was just again I, I I guess I rant and rave on these episodes and it was just uh, there's some a few of the things that came up, few topics that came up in the last couple of weeks that have bothered me and getting lumped in with that and um, I don't know. Sorry guys, I was just irritated. But okay, we'll check out this article here. The most, uh, the NHL's most feared fighter from each decade. Oh, again, it was an older article written uh, 2012. Um, the 1920s, we'll start, oh, we're starting in the 20s. Eddie Shore. Well, there you go. Bruins defenseman Eddie Shore burst onto the NHL scene in 1926. Um, Shore quickly earned the reputation as one of the toughest men and best fighters in hockey and was a notorious hot temper. Um... Yeah, well, there you go. Um, pretty much, he ended Ace Bailey's career with a with a cheap shot, apparently. And uh, yeah, Eddie Shore, like I said, uh, old time hockey, right? Immortalized forever in the movie Slap Shot. I mean, I can't. It was the nineteen twenties, so I can't tell you if Eddie Shore was a good fighter or not. Um, I think back then, up until probably, I don't know, the sixties, seventies, maybe. I mean, they're you know. When fighting, fight. I think it seemed to be that there was a lot of like it was just really dirty stick work, a lot of stick swinging, um, cheap shots, and like guys jumping guys and stuff. Like it wasn't like the fighting that we know now, um, from what I gather. Again, there's no video, right? Or or some very seldom video. And when you do see the the old video, um, um, yeah, it sort of just seems like lots of stick swinging, lots of cheap shit. So, yeah. But 1930s, Red Horner, the ultimate NHL tough guy in the 30s. Eight straight seasons, uh, Horner led the NHL in penalty minutes. There you go. Um, Horner was the actual target in the short Bailey incident that ended Bailey's career and nearly cost him his life. Horner could play hockey as well as drop the gloves. He's in the hockey, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1965. Um, yeah. Okay, I, 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 I don't have too much to say here, folks, about... Eddie Shore and Red Horner and I mean I've heard the names and I've read some stories about them but again I'm discovering this list with you guys I just opened this up so it's not like I can go do some research um uh yeah and like I said there's no video so um I like I said I just think it was it, it was a lot different hockey that's for sure uh Blackjack Stewart a star defenseman with the Red Wings from 1938 to 1950 uh, Stewart was one of the toughest players in the area. Was in his era and was known for having a large grin on his face when he dished out punishment. Um, yeah, I know Blackjack Stewart. They've often talked about how strong he was. Um, he's one of the strongest guys in the league, and would just like really just kind of just. It was almost like you'd pin guys up against the wall, against the boards, and almost like Darth Vader choke him. I remember hearing that story. Um, but yeah, there you go. 1950s, Gordie Howe. Well, you know Gordie had to make the list at some point here. Um, not only scored, dished out some punishing checks. Outstanding fighter, his most famous bout came against Lou Fontenotto. Of course it did. Um, to this day, Gordie Howe hat trick is when a player scores an assist in a fight. Um, yeah, again, um, I've talked about this at nauseum on this show, but um, as a myth and reality about uh, the fighting prowess of Gordie Howe. Um, the Lou Fontenotto thing always gets brought up when people mention Gordy Howe and his fighting. Um, truth be told, for all the years that Gordy played, he actually, I think he only, what was it, recorded 23 fighting majors. Um, and from all accounts, most of the fights weren't really much of anything. Or, you know, 
but the myth has been created that Gordy was the conqueror of man and, and everything else. I think he was far dirtier. Again, they didn't fight 30 times a year like Paul Laws did in the 90s or anything. Um, they seldom fought a few times a year, but uh, you would throw elbows or your stick or whatever. So it was a much different hockey. I mean, there was certainly a lot more frontier justice back then, for sure. But it was like eye for an eye, like literally. And uh, yeah, different world. The 60s, John Ferguson. Um, Ferguson came was the greatest fighter in the 60s. Uh, <clears throat> Ferguson topped 100 penalty minutes in each of his eight NHL seasons, won five Stanley Cups, could play two as he scored 29 goals. Fergie retired in 70-71 and later on went into coaching. as considered the prototype for NHL enforcers during his career. Yeah, he's often been called the the, the first real enforcer. Uh, Montreal sort of had the... You know the the talented talent, but it's kind of a softer team. And they brought Ferguson in, and like I said, the you know guy do play uh, what eight years and won five cups. I mean, well, proofs in the pudding right there. Uh, but yeah, solid player, twenty goal guy. Um, some of his fights are on video, and uh, yeah, looks like I said, not, not again didn't put up thirty fights a year or anything. But from all accounts uh, and from the video I've seen a little bit, yeah, real solid and. Uh, but yeah, it was generally considered, like I said, brought up for that specific reason in Montreal was to police, be the policeman and uh, obviously very effective. The 1970s, Terry O'Reilly. There you go. The 70s marked the birth of the goon. Okay. A player who could only fight and could do little else to help his team win a game. Mm, all right. Uh, so the Flyers brawled the way to two straight cups led by Schultz and Seleski who at times literally beat off all comers. Uh, but the best fighter of the 70s was Terry O'Reilly. Blue-collar style of play made him one of the most popular Bruins of all time. Took on many heavyweights in the era. Uh, top 100 penalty minimum mark 11 times in his career, but also scored 20 goals four times in a season. Had his number retired in 02 by the Bruins. Yeah, um, I didn't, at first, when I first read the goon thing, I'm like, Terry O'Reilly, a goon? Um, um, I guess for the fact of the for the, I guess for the article and whatever, if that's the terminology they want to use, everyone has a different take on the word. Um, but this idea that it could only fight and could do little else to help their team win. Well, there was expansion and I know they, uh, it's often been pointed out that expansion dilutes the talent and everything. And okay. But when you go back and look at the fun, I'm there's nothing absolutes or anything, but I think, um, I don't know. There's always a couple guys or whatever, but for the most part, there wasn't um, this idea that of the five shift goon or the five minute player or whatever. Like, no, and it's not a disrespect to them, but that was the way hockey went later on or the last little while with the Bougards and Colt Norris. They like these nuclear weapons. Well, they were like that in junior. They didn't play much in junior. They, you know, very limited. They, I mean, obviously, they played more in junior than they did at the NHL level, but they were still like kind of the fourth line guys. It wasn't like they were out there on the power plays and stuff. Whereas if you go back and look at the Darren Kimballs or the Craig Berubies or even the Baumgartners and Twists and Chase and Coaster and all these guys, uh, Scott Parker, Scott Parker had 30 goals in one year with the Kelowna Rockets. Berube had 30 goals. So did Kimball. Jeff Audrey's had multiple 30 goal seasons in Brandon. Um, uh, Tony Twist played a regular shift. Baumgartner played a regular shift. Even in the Memorial Cup, played a regular shift. Um, and then you go back and look at these guys in the 70s with their numbers. These guys were all... Contri- Dave Schultz, like again, 20-goal season with the Flyers. Look up at his minor league numbers. Tiger Williams, 100-point season in the WHL. Like These guys all played a lot and played regular shifts and contributed. It wasn't... Once they got to the NHL, yeah, they're known for their fighting and whatever. But that didn't come into vogue really until later on, much later on in the 2000s. You know, I'm not saying there wasn't a Jay Caulfield in the group or a Normad Baron or whatever. Like, yeah, okay, there was. Now and again, again, there's nothing absolute in life. But I think overall, this this idea that, oh, the, the 70s, that's when the expansion, the Flyers, the Broad Street Bullies, and they were all goons. They all played a regular shift. And like I said, Schultz had a 20-goal a year. So it's like, it wasn't like, yeah, okay, you see the video and they're brawling, but that gets greatly exaggerated. And it's like, it wasn't like all of a sudden it's just, oh, it's the Quebec, it's the LNAH out there. Like, no, you know, it's just, 
I mean, I know old time listeners that are listening to my show know this. I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but for the younger people, maybe that are listening to this show, if I do have any younger audience, um, yeah, that stuff has been greatly exaggerated as the, as was it history's revisionist. It's uh, yeah, but they were all very solid players. In the 80s, Tiger Williams. Well, there you go. Tiger wasn't the tallest or the strongest of the 80s, but was tough and determined to play. Uh, remains the NHL's all-time penalty minute leader. Um, stood just 5'11". Williams went toe-to-toe with larger opponents who had a long, larger, longer reach. And still, he won a lot more bouts than he lost over the course of his career. He could play hockey as well. Scored 35 goals in 80-81. Topped the 20-goal mark three times during his career. Um, 962 games. He had 241 goals, 513 points. And 3,900 penalty minutes, and remains the and remains the standard by which all other enforcers are judged. Mm, not really, but okay. Um, again, well, there you go. 513 career points in 900 games. It's almost a point every two games, or it is a point every two games, give or take. Um, so there you go. Every three games, we'll say. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not about to start jumping up and down and yelling, goon. Um, you know, even though he had a ton of penalty, well, how many more points would he have if he wasn't the all-time penalty minute record holder? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, was Tiger, what, again, I don't know what the qualification for the list is, but I don't know if I'd have him as the 80s. I mean, what do you say in the 80s? I mean, you have, um, I mean, I know Probert and them came in in the 80s, but that was sort of like, he was 85, 86, so that's kind of midway through. I guess the 80s, so from 80 to the 90, uh. I mean, you got Nylon, Dave Brown, even Brown wasn't there in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's subjective. I mean, it's, you know, um, I'd have to obviously do some research to see who was who was there the entire 80s. Um, but if they want to go with Tiger Williams, all right. Um, I guess you sort of have to have the all-time pen limit leader in there. It's sort of synonymous, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've seen lots of Tiger Williams fights over the years, um, you know, was he the greatest fighter? No. Fearless, absolutely. Oh, clearly he was fearless. Um, more kind of a hugger and tight, but, um, you know, I I never thought he was that tremendous of a fighter. But, um, but yeah, obviously fought everybody. Talented player. Dude would be making like $10 million a year if he played now. But, uh, yeah, old Saskatchewan boy. There you go. Tiger Williams. The 90s. Well, Bob Probert. Well, yeah, okay, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, what, I, I don't really need to explain Bob Probert to you. Um, yeah, um, died of a heart attack in 2010. It's hard to believe he's been gone, uh, well, going on 12 years, age 45. Actually, I was one year older than Probert. Huh. Yeah, that's, um, man, that's something I didn't realize. I didn't realize it's been that long. Um. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when 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 he had his shit on shit going and uh, played in an all star game, was a solid power forward. Um, played regular shift. I believe he holds the Reds the Red Wings record for playoff points in a in a in a in a in a season. Um, Twenty one, I believe. Yeah, just the real solid player. It's and you know, yeah, he had his off ice issues and stuff, and unfortunately, that you know got in the way and. But at the same time, played 900 career games. I mean, you can't... Oh, it derailed his career. Well, he played 900 games. I mean, how many... You know, I mean... Um, you know, I mean, he missed the one year there. But he should have had 1,000 games for sure. But um, talented player, measuring stick. Um, it was funny. I was, I was playing some DVDs the other day. It was kind of like best ofs in the 90s and stuff. And even at the end... Oh, I put the fight up the other night on, on YouTube with him fighting Engelstad. You know, it was right towards the end of his career. Mel's a minor league guy coming up, you know, his preseason trying to make a name. Probert gives him a shot. You know, when you always hear these stories of certain guys that are, you know, you go up and you're trying to, you know, these young guys are trying to get their shot and these guys wouldn't fight them and whatever. And on one hand, I don't blame those guys either for not, you know, you've proven yourself, whatever. But Probert, man, Bonvia, you know, Terry Virtue, Dodie Wood, uh, Mal, all these guys, Probert always gave him a shot. And it's just like, yeah, that's the one thing. Um, de- I, I re- definitely respect Probert for doing that. And uh, he didn't have to. 
And, uh, and he certainly, and he was the measuring stick. He really was. Was he the greatest fighter throughout the nineties? No, towards the end he wasn't, but, um, but he was definitely the name, the measuring stick. It's definitely Bob Probert. 2000s, George the Rock. George spent 12 years in the Edmonton, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Montreal. Uh, 153 career points, uh, 1100 penalty minutes. Bad back forced him to retire in 09. Um, yeah, I mean, George the Rock for sure. Uh, I would say that as well. Um, I would probably have George. I, when I did my top 10, I had him, uh, where'd I have him? I had him three, number three all time. Um, like I said, you could count on two hands how many fights he lost in the NHL. Um, came in as one of those guys that was a nuclear weapon. Didn't he play? Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say he never played. He wasn't a three shift guy. He did play more than that. He did have some 153 career points in 695 games. Like I said, so he has an idea. Um, but yeah, big guy down low, put him in front of the net, bang away. I mean, who's going to move George the Rock in front of the net? Um, yeah, um, I know sometimes he catches a lot of shit for his fighting style, uh, again, which I think is greatly exaggerated. Um, because the guys I've had on my show that have fought him will have a completely different take on it than uh, Joe Couchboy in the Facebook group that thinks LaRock was a wrestler. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, ask Mike Brown about if George's a wrestler or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, George is legit. Um, George off ice and lately, um, I've again, I've been somewhat critical of LaRock on this show in terms of, you know, anytime there's a camera, George has to be on it and has some, you know, if he doesn't get his name in the spotlight for a while, George has got to make some noise about something. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think George likes to, you know, hear himself talk, but, uh, in terms of when the gloves came down and, uh, he did his job, he absolutely did. And, uh, I will say the whole mic'd up good luck bro thing, I think was the icing on the cake for the code boys, that love to yell about the code and George and his good luck. And everybody somehow thought that was really cool. And I just rolled my eyes and just, you know, whatever that's George. But, um, yeah, he definitely gave ammo to the, to the code crew. But, um, at the end of the day, he'd still thump you good luck or not. He'd still thump you. So definitely George, the rock two thousands. And then the 2010s, it's always weird to me to say like that was a decade, the 2010s. Because I always think like it's the 2000s, right? I forget the 10 part. For some reason, it always messes me up. I don't know. Sean Thornton. Mm, okay. Yeah. Leader after three seasons of the... Well, of course, again, this is like 2012, the article. Yeah, again, there were like three years into doing this article. Um, I would... 2000, I'd probably say McGrath and not Thornton. But... Thornton logs fourth line minutes, but still scored 10 goals during the cup winning season. 6-2, 2 he ain't 6-2, 2-17. Nate is best known for being a tough guy. Easily taught in the 100 minute mark each of the three seasons. Thornton is a healthy threat. Yeah, he went on to win the cup. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Sean Thornton. Did it forever. His perseverance is un- unbelievable. I want to thank Taylor again publicly. Um, for the, picking me up the Sean Thornton book for my Christmas present. I greatly appreciate that. Um, really looking forward to reading that. Um, I think I'm going to do a little bit of that this weekend. Um, but yeah, Thornton did it for a long time in the OHL. Then he was in the minor American league for what, like five, six years, always fought down there in St. John and Norfolk and shit, Portland, you know, all never backed like I've the Norfolk DVDs. He's fighting everybody. Just, actually, I just put up a, on my YouTube channel, really good fight with him and Josh Gratton. And it was just like. Thornton's fighting everybody. Then he gets to the NHL. Then he ends up winning two cups. Wins one with Anaheim. Then wins one with Boston. Makes some NHL money for a while. How many, you know, I don't know how many games did he end up playing? I don't even know. Six, seven hundred? Like, you know, I know he wrapped up there in Florida. And he kind of went out, you know, whatever. You know, he kind of, you know, he, well, I, I, shit, you have a better chance of being found in the witness, you know, relocation program than playing for the Florida Panthers. But I mean, um, yeah. Uh, now, would I have him in the, t- you know, if someone wants to, okay. I would personally go with Brian McGratton, but, uh, again, this article, this is only like three years old and they're picking the 2010s guy, but, uh, 
hey, if you want to say Sean Thornton, I'm down with it. I mean, like I said, I'm a massive Thornton fan. Um, like I said, wasn't the biggest guy, real technician when he fought. Um, again, fight cards second to none, fought everybody. Yeah, man, I'm down with Sean Thornton. Um, yeah, no, it was a cool list by decade. That was kind of interesting. Um, a few interesting names. Like I said, some of the, obviously the real early guys, Sean Horner and stuff. I mean, what are you going to do? There's no video, but, uh, you know, it was kind of cool. Like I said, I enjoy those lists and, uh, yeah, guys, this is just, uh, this has been a mishmash episode. Like I said, I wasn't, uh, expecting to record a solo one. So I kind of got caught with my pants down a little bit, but, um, uh, I hope you guys, uh, found something, uh, entertaining in this. Like I said, I guess, um, I don't know what, well, I guess it was just sort of a state of the union address, sort of ramble, state of the union ramble. Apparently, I don't know if I made much sense. Um, it made sense in my head as I was saying it, but, uh, um, yeah, I think every once in a while, maybe I, I, I get caught sort of doing, uh, you know, online therapy sessions or, uh, you know, we're blowing out the hoses here, but, um, you know, probably wasn't the most entertaining listen and that's on me without a doubt. I will, uh, I'll say that right now. Um, I know I get the, some of you guys, oh, I just like listening to your show, whatever. And I appreciate that. Thanks guys. But yeah, I, uh. I, 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 I mean, I'm my own worst critic, but I mean, I, I've done this 173 episodes. I've done this long enough to know, um, you know, when, when, uh, uh, what's a stinker and what isn't, um, you know, I think this one might have a couple flat tires, but, uh, um, you know, I apologize. Um, I guess, like I keep saying, hang in with me and, uh, you know, uh, just been a, just been a real busy time. And, uh, just trying to get my mind, uh, I'm still in the game, but I think my mind is wandering a little bit and, uh, I'm trying to get back into it and, uh, and I will for you guys, but, uh, you know, just, it, it's been tough the last little bit to be completely honest. Like I said, I've never lied to you guys and, um, I am being honest the last, oh, and I, and I brought this up the last few episodes. My, I, I'm just, um, not that I'm lacking enthusiasm, it just, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, maybe it's the weather working outside minus 40. It, that takes the piss out of you too. And just general life, just sort of just, you know, we, we had the big build up with the, with the move and Christmas and everything else. And then whew, the air is out of the balloon and you just kind of, and I didn't take any breaks and just kept doing it. And, uh, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's been a grind guys. And like I said, I think I've been, I've, I've been consistent getting you out content. Maybe it wasn't the greatest content, but I'm, I'm giving you guys audio anyway, and, uh, you know, maybe there's some times I should have maybe, uh, called in sick, I guess, but, uh, I didn't, I, and I felt that I owed, not that I owed you guys content, but I just, I gave my word that I would be there to do the episodes to the network guys and to you guys, the listeners, and I want to live up to that. So, um, like I said, uh, some efforts are going to be better than others, but I'm always going to try to deliver for you guys and, uh, hang in there with me. I got, it'll be brighter days ahead. I got better shows coming. I really do. I have some, I have some really exciting stuff I want to do with the show. And I really want you guys to come along for the ride. And I, and I think, uh, you know, as we go into the 2022 here that, uh, like I said, I think some of these ideas will be good ones and I think you'll enjoy them. So stick with the show. Um, uh, if you're on social media, uh, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as Facebook, um, as, and, uh, YouTube, I have over 2,600 videos on my YouTube channel, fourth line voice. Um, everything's sorted. Just put in whatever league you're looking for in the search engine. Boom. It'll come up. So, uh, yeah, I just put up, actually, I put up a really cool, uh, Ben Wilson, Dave Schultz fight from when the, when Schultz is in his last days in Pittsburgh and, uh, Wilson's coming up there in Philly. And, uh, yeah, I put that on there. That's gotten a lot of views in the last few days and, uh, a couple Schultz fights, actually kind of some older stuff that I put up good Gary Howitt fight too. Keith Magnuson and um, some some older seventies stuff for you cats out there for you younger listeners you should go check out but uh, yeah subscribe to the channel give it a listen or give it a watch a watch and uh, yeah and uh, hey if whatever uh, platform you guys are listening to this show if you could rate and review it it would definitely help me out well, maybe don't review this episode maybe maybe review it based on the entire body of work not just this episode please um i think i might have a few more one and dones after this um but uh and seriously i'd really appreciate it if you actually could rate and review the show and help me out um and also down i always 
I mean, I always feel like a putt saying it, but it's true. I've actually had a bunch of guys tell me, I'm glad you said that because I've been streaming it. Could you download the episode, please, um, before you listen? Uh, it helps me. That's how I get paid by the download, but it also, it helps with the searches and just seeing, seeing who's listening, right? Because when you stream it, we can't, I can't see who's listening. So, uh, just numbers wise, it helps me out analytically and, uh, and financially it helps me. So, uh, it would, again, greatly appreciate it if you could do that for me. But, uh, all right, guys, I will shut up and, uh, thank you for tuning in. And, uh, I hope you have a good rest of the work week. And we'll be back on Sunday, guys. All right. Take it easy. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?